Hi, I'm Lenise Brothers, a registered nutritionist, women's health, hormone, and menstrual cycle coach, and the founder of Eat Love Move, a nutrition and well-being practice. This is the Period Story Podcast, where in each episode, I sit down with a guest to talk about their period story. We get behind some of the myths and misconceptions about periods and so much more. Now, on to today's guest. On today's episode, we have Sabi Kerr. Sabi is a self-love coach and yoga teacher. She guides women to fall deeper in love with themselves and release the blocks they have to feeling worthy so that they can create magical lives full of passion and purpose. Through one-to-one coaching, workshops, yoga, retreats, and group programs, Sabi's mission is to guide as many people as possible back to their natural essence, a place of deep love, self-acceptance, and joy. Welcome to the show. Ah, thank you so much for having me. Let's start off by getting into the story of your first period. Can you share with us what happened? Yeah, um, I was actually, I was thinking about this before I came on, um, and I actually had a chat with my mum <laughs> to see if we could piece together the memory together, because it was obviously quite a while ago. Um, so I was around 12, so some of, some of the memory is patchy, but I was around 12, um, and my mum remembered this I didn't that it was at home and it was just in the toilet you know and I called her in to have a look (laughs) and um I do remember though feeling quite quite proud quite grown up um quite like oh like probably like oh I'm I'm growing up this is a grown-up thing to have so I, I think my feelings around it were um yeah, were feeling feeling proud, feeling quite happy, feeling like I was probably like I'm I'm you know I'm more moral now. Those kind of feelings. Um, so yeah, that was that was it. Why do you think that you felt so grown up? Ah, I guess it's that that kind of transition when you're. I mean, I was around twelve, so about to be a teenager. So already, that's the kind of age where you're starting to feel more grown up, right? When you mm. hit the, when you hit thirteen. It's like, oh, I'm kind of a, yeah, I'm a teenager now. So because yeah. it was around, I was 12, it was around that age. I think any anything in life that happens that make makes you feel a little more grown up. Um, and, and I guess having your period is one of those things. You're, you're no longer, a, you're still a child, obviously, but you associate that with something that a woman has, I think, when you're, when you're younger. Yeah. Mm. And when you got your first period, you took your mum into the bathroom with you what was her reaction and how did you how did she educate you about what was happening to you yeah so i i can't remember her um her exact reaction but knowing my mum i know it would have been quite an encouraging like oh like yay like a i don't think she said a well done but it would have been quite encouraging and quite supportive um and obviously she saw that i was feeling quite <laughs> feeling quite proud about it so i think it would have just been a quite encouraging um response yeah that she would have given me yeah and then i guess you would you would have gone back into school and talked about it with your friends how did they react um I'm it's it's funny how many of the like some of these memories are clearer than others and I I, I haven't got a particular memory I just more have a feeling mm. um and I think the feeling that I had at that time was yeah this was something that I talked about with with my friends um I think probably some of them had already had theirs some of them hadn't um but it, I remember it being something that I spoke about quite openly with my friends um 
in quite a neutral way. Like it wasn't that it was great. It wasn't that it was bad. It was just, this is your period, you know? So yeah, I I think I I remember speaking to friends about it and it being quite an accepted thing to speak about. Mm. That's so interesting because the guests on the show, they've shared different reactions about getting their period and conversations with their friends. And some, some of them have said it was, there was a lot of secrecy around it and they didn't mm. want to talk about it but then others like you have said it was an open conversation and actually one guest I spoke to a couple of weeks ago said that it was it, every they all thought it made them really cool and everyone mm. wanted to be a part of the period gang <laughs> yeah that that and again these memories are quite like aren't that clear but I feel like mine was probably more something like that Probably more. Fa- I, I probably feel like they're feeling proud, feeling grown up. Probably feeling cool was was in there too somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that feeling of being proud of your period um, has that has that continued as you've gotten older, as you went hmm. through your teenage years and gotten older. Yeah. Um, maybe not. Maybe it's, it's it's been an interesting journey. Actually, I think um, after then. I think I probably just saw it as something that happened, you know, just something natural, but something I didn't really give much thought to, um, saw it as something kind of neutral, not, not, nothing terrible, but also nothing in particular to, to celebrate, um, just something that happens. Um, and for me, it's been a real process because I went on the pill when I was, you know, young around 18, um, 17 even could have been until, just recently came off it oh so, wow and I'm 31 now so it was around 13 years um so that's a long time not having a natural period um and that's a long time you know suppressing something that's a really natural part of you so I think because I haven't had an hadn't until now had a natural period for so long there was I'm sure there was a bit of a disconnect between myself and my period because it wasn't a real period and I knew exactly when it was coming I knew exactly how you know it was everything was kind of clockwork I could stop it when I whenever I felt like it I could take another path of pills um so there was something there about around not fully celebrating um it and coming off it what what month are we in now June so about six months ago I came off at the beginning of the year um and it's yeah it's it's amazing kind of really getting to know your body better and feeling like now I feel like I can actually celebrate it you know and and that wasn't really there before yeah wow so there's so much I want to ask you around everything (laughs) you said so can you talk firstly about why you went on the pill when you were 17 18 yeah just for contraception just because that's so I didn't have any it wasn't you know wasn't any of the other reasons that people go on the pill which aren't for contraception it was purely for contraception um and just for that feels like the easiest contraception for me and um I will say that my body was absolutely fine on the pill I had no no negative side effects nothing bad happened um which was probably why I stayed on it for so long because I never I felt absolutely fine. Um, So, yeah, so that was why I I started going on it. Okay. And can you talk a little bit about why you decided six months ago to come off of the pill? Mm. I think it had been a thought 
in the back of my mind for a while. Um, I kind of thought of, do I still want to be putting this into my body? You know, do I still want to have my body in a unnatural state continuously? Um, is it really needed? Um, and that had been a, I, that had been something that had been going on in the back of my mind for a while. Um, but because my body had worked so well with the pill, I'd had, I'd never had any to my knowledge, right. To like mm-hmm. obvious knowledge, I'd never had any, um, side effects, nothing had ever gone wrong. So it was just very easy to continue to take it. Yeah. And I think there was probably, a, actually there was a worry of like, if I stop taking it, what might happen? Because you hear all kinds of stories you know about people coming off the pill after a long time um and their bodies not not liking the moment they come off so that was probably there for me as well um but I think it just got to the point of like now is the time there's no reason for me to to continue like this is a good and I'd also come back to to London from from Bali so I felt like I was in a kind of safer place from a medical point of view, if I needed to yeah. go to the doctors or anything like that. So yeah, it was kind of just like now, now is the time. You had a very smooth time on the pill and then the transition off of the pill. So can you talk a little bit about the last six months and how that transition has been, but also how, what you've started to learn about your body? Mm, so many things. So firstly, I think my transition is... Um, hasn't necessarily, I don't know, you will know more than me, actually. I I only really know from my perspective and from what I've heard. Um, But I was worried about coming off the pill because I've heard, you know, horror stories about how hard it is for people. And actually, for me, it was the smoothest transition ever. I got my, you know, it was so much, ever since coming off the pill, my cycle's been 27 days, 28, 29, 30, in that space straight away straight away um so that was I was surprised I wasn't expecting that at all at all um obviously like really happily surprised that my body was able to to go to that natural space so so quickly um and feeling actually not that different so it was just like all of the like feeling surprisingly like ah this was way easier than I thought it was going to be um well, other things that I remember noticing, I remember noticing like that the blood seems different. Like, oh, this looks like real blood now. <laughs> almost, I don't quite know how to decide to, to describe it. Almost redder, almost just okay. like, almost just like how blood is supposed to be. <laughs> um, so that was something like funny that I remember noticing. Um, and I think what the most beautiful part of the last six months has been is tracking my cycle and um, making more space for all of my emotions, which is something that I do anyway. You know, a big part of my my work as a self-love coach when I'm working with clients and also just my personal self-development work is really to welcome in all emotions, is to welcome in all of the things that I'm feeling and see that they're all part of us and accept them and love them and um when you track your cycle, it gives you an even, even more of a reason to do that. Like, yeah, I'm feeling like this, like this is my hormones. This is how my body works. And it gives you even more permission to accept yourself as you are, to love yourself and however your emotions are each day in that moment. Um, so I think that's been a really, really beautiful process and has been 
really aligned with what I try to practice anyway. So I've definitely mm. really enjoyed that. Yeah. And what you said is so beautiful about accept yourself as you are. I just, I love that. I actually feel a bit emotional hearing you say that um, because I know that that is a journey that a lot of people are, go through and perhaps they never get to that point. Mm. You, you said that you, you've, you've always been really aware of your emotions um, and you're open to how you feel. Have you noticed as you've been tracking your cycle over the last six months, any change in your emotions as you go through each of the phases? Yeah, and I, I need to put it all on a spreadsheet and do some data analysis, <laughs> <laughs> um, which is something I have been planning to do. I haven't got around to doing it yet. Um, sometimes I feel like I have. I'm still quite, you know, it's quite early on in my, in my tracking my cycle journey. Um, Sometimes I find it challenging to know if this is my hormones or this is just what's going on in my life right now. Um, but a general feeling of the kind of, yeah, like the spring summer phase, feeling more productive and being able to do more things. Yeah. Um, I think, I think I've noticed that I've definitely noticed that. And then when like moving into the autumn when, and I don't always feel crappy, you know, sometimes mm. that's all fine. But if I do, feel really crappy and I know it's that phase in my cycle it almost gives me more permission to be like it's okay you're having you're having a crappy day like that's absolutely fine like it, it reinforces that that's okay I think yeah. mm. I think that's really nice that you've been able to say to yourself like you know that's okay um, and that it's almost like not giving in to you know whatever that kind of negative side because yeah. I know that a lot of a lot of people they they expect to feel bad when they get their period or right before they get their period and they you know and that's something I think it's something that we've been taught that we just need to fall into this kind of abyss is too strong a word mm. but this <laughs> kind of <laughs> um, feeling of oh I feel really down I feel really negative about getting my period and how I feel right before my period and I love the fact that you've given yourself to permission to say that's okay yeah yeah that, that's okay and sometimes I, I feel great as well yeah. and that's, that's great too <laughs> you know and I think it's just accepting whatever it is without having to expect that you're going to feel a certain way um, yeah. but know, knowing that it's all that it's all welcome you seem very in touch with your emotions and be, very self-aware and as a self-love coach that's something that you work with other people on can you talk a bit about your journey to getting to this place of openness and awareness mm, yeah I think I see um, anytime you have things in life that are challenging, you know, any, any moments that trigger those, um, deep emotions, the kind of the shadow emotions. Mm -hmm. So, so if you have, if you think like, um, the joy, the happy, the excited, the energetic, those are all the emotions that, that we like to label as positive, right? With yeah. air quotes, positive. Um, and the emotions like anger, the sadness, the grief, the frustration, 
um, we label them again, air quotes, negative. And we as humans really like to label those emotions as positive and negative. Um, but I think what that does is it takes, takes us out of like just the human experience. You know, these aren't good or bad. They are all part of the human experience. Mm. And when we push away the um, so-called negative emotions, we push away a big part of what it is to be human. So I think my personal practice has been the times when I feel those more challenging emotions. So, you know, any life experiences that might trigger them, anything that can happen that feels that feels quite challenging might trigger the anger, the frustration, the sadness, the grief, um, rather than bypassing them, rather than trying not to feel them, rather than rushing to the joy straight away, rather than numbing my emotions with food, with TV, with drugs, with all of the numbing mechanisms. Um, it's a practice of like, can you actually be with them? <laughs> and can you actually allow them and make a little space for them? Because it's, it's you know, it's like anything, that cliche of things are often cliche because they're true. Um, <laughs> the, the cliche of like, you need to move through them um, to actually come out the other side. So you need to make space for them. Um, so that's something that I do personally and work with one-to-one clients on. So I have like a, a little mini practice that maybe I'll share um, of like actually naming the thing that you're feeling. So making some space or you can take this as a little ritual or a, me- you know, a meditation. Naming, you can close your eyes, naming the, the feelings, the emotions that, that you're feeling, the anger, the frustration, the sadness, whatever. And then, you know, just stay with them. Close your eyes, breathe there, notice where in the body you're feeling that anger, that frustration. Rather than pushing it away, you can say, it's safe for me to feel angry. I'm making space for myself to feel angry right now. And I love the parts of me that are feeling angry. And that is, that is like deep self-love. My self-love will never be positive vibes only. Self-love mm. is about welcoming in every single part of ourselves, including the part that feels angry, including the part that feels jealous. Um, so making space for that breathing there without the need to rush away to push it away and sit there for as long as you need you know five minutes ten minutes an hour sometimes those strong challenging emotions kind of dissipate by themselves just by sitting Mm. with them sometimes we need to actually release and that can be like shaking the body that can be punching a pillow that can be screaming if you're in a safe space (laughs) that can be like journaling it all out and releasing it with paper um onto paper but yeah that is such an important process for I think all humans (laughs) to realize that these are welcome and actually when you welcome them in um not wallowing in them right not like Mm. wallowing in them but when you welcome them in and make a little space for them to be felt that's actually how we get to the joy quicker you know, anyway, yeah. you know, the actual, the actual real deep joy. Um, yeah. So don't bypass those more challenging emotions. Yeah. I love what you've said there because it, it's something that we, we get taught, like, just don't be angry. Don't cry. You know, you think about, like, I think about, and I actively do this with my son. I say, you know, it's okay to cry. It's okay. Mm-hmm. I know you're angry. It's okay to be angry because I remember when I was younger, you know, I was taught, you know, why are you crying? Don't cry. It's, you know, 
stop crying and mm-hmm. and I now I never cry now because but when I do cry it's always like I am an ugly crier <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like it's because I hold I hold so much in and there's mm. so much to get out and I actively say to my son it's okay to cry it's okay, mm. okay you want to scream right now you can scream for you know a couple of minutes and then let it go and then you need to stop but we get taught that we have to tamp down our emotions yeah yeah to fit into especially as women to fit into this yeah. space and we make ourselves smaller and naming the emotions and sitting with them is so it's different and mm. but it's oh it just it's so so powerful yeah it really really is I love I love what you just said about um yeah making ourselves smaller by not expressing mm. them because those are parts of our truth you know yeah those are part of our truth too the angry parts the frustrated parts the sad parts and when we don't allow ourselves to express them we're we're shrinking our voice you know we're, mm. we're not allowing all parts of ourselves to be to be seen so it can be such a power uncomfortable yes <laughs> but really really empowering when you start to welcome in all parts of your of your being yeah you said about um how you don't like you're not about positive vibes only mm. talk talk a little bit about this toxic positivity and what you see in the the community the coaching community and also perhaps because you're also a yoga teacher so also what you see in the yoga community oh my goodness thank (laughs) you for asking me this question this is such a great question because I'm actually I'm doing a live tomorrow on the topic of spiritual bypassing which is which is is just this right yeah Um, yeah. positive vibes only like I think the the initial intention was good it was yes. like to make people feel better, which is always yeah. a great thing to kind of want and to aim for, right? We all want to feel better. Um, but the the challenge with positive vibes only is that it makes us feel bad if we don't feel positive vibes all the time. And it's like, guess what? It is human to not feel positive all the time and to to make people think they have to be positive all the time is to deny a big part of our human experience, which is all of the emotions. Mm. If you're positive vibes only, that is saying you have to deny every single one of the more shadow emotions, you know, and then you don't get to express a big part of, of who you are. Um, and yeah, so on the, 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 and that is a big part of spiritual bypassing this, this idea that we can use, you know, spiritual concepts and terms and words like love and peace and light to bypass the actual real, real issues and things that are going on in the world to bypass the real injustices to bypass like the, the, the real challenges that people are having. And I see that a lot in the spiritual community and the yoga community, the, the preaching of love and light, um, but then actually bypassing, looking at the real issues of how I can really help people. Um, the current racism issue is one of those examples, right? Yoga communities, wellness communities, preaching love and light, but actually not doing anything to help the people that really need, really, really actually need help. And that has been going on for, for like ever, you know? Mm the spiritual industry is is commercialized now it's a money-making industry and I think I've struggled with the disconnect between 
the 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 front facing message of love and light and peace and then behind the scenes lots of people not actually doing the real work to actually mm. help people so yeah it's mm. such a it's such a big topic i think now more than ever um for our industry to really look at more what would you say to someone who they they hear what you're saying and they get that they need to there's a place for feeling angry feeling sad um but they they've said actually i don't i really connect with the positive vibes only space or idea um but you so i just you know i just don't want negativity around me mm, yeah and <laughs> um i would say why is anger negative Mm. You know, and this again comes back to our our, our human like um, inherent nature of impacting things as positive and negative. I would say, why is anger negative? Why is sadness negative? You know, why is grief negative? Mm. Uh, I think even just labeling them as negative gives us that connotation that they are bad. Um, yeah. And you know, most people like I'm one of the smiliest people that I know. Right, I smile all the time. Like I'm a Again, air quotes, I'm a positive person, mm. um, but I'm a positive person that knows I can't bypass the real stuff, the deep stuff, the shadow stuff. So I think anyone that says, I just want to be positive vibes only, I don't want any negativity, if they're then bypassing these more challenging emotions, um, there's some stuff deep inside of them that needs to be looked at <laughs> a mm. lot of the time. And, you know, the thing is everyone is on their own journey, right? Yeah. And it's not my responsibility, your responsibility, anyone's responsibility to, to make people see things until they're ready. You know, it's yeah. everybody's individual responsibility to see the things that are going on in their lives when they're ready to see them. And I think that's yeah. important to, to remember as well. Um, we can only do our own individual work and, yeah. and most people will see the things when they're, when they're ready to see the things. Yeah. And right now, maybe they're bypassing because they just aren't able to hold space for themselves yet. Who knows? What do you think about the idea that right now we're going through a great awakening? Mm, yeah, we really are. <laughs> oh my God. Um, it's like, wow, we so are. And I think it's, it's interesting. I don't know how you feel like being a woman of color at a time when so many white people in our industry are awakening to what's going on with race and with racism. And I know for me, it feels like most of the world is just waking up to what I've known my whole life. <laughs> you know? yeah, like, yeah. Like, um, we, we knew this and you didn't listen to us. You know? <laughs> it's that feeling of like, but that is great. You know, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm glad it's it's better now than never, and I'm glad that people are finally starting to to realize it's saddening and frustrating what had to happen for people mm. to actually wake up. Um, but I'm glad and I'm hopeful. It feels like this kind of a shift hasn't happened in my lifetime that I'm aware of, you know. Yeah. Um, so I'm hopeful that more people are doing really important work more than ever before. Um, yeah. So yeah, there is definitely lots of, lots of waking up going on. And I think that can only be 
a good thing yeah but it needs to be continuous you know mm. it's like it needs to be um something that continues to be looked at and I think especially on the topic of racism it's like this is not just a let's do some education for a week and then go back to how we were before it's like there is no yeah. back to normal there is yeah. no back to normal we're this is a new normal this is a new way of living this awakening is welcoming in for a lot of people a new way of looking at the world mm. um, and I think that's what, what we need to realize that we're yeah we're starting a totally new way of living yeah a new way of looking at the world and connecting with the way that a lot of people have already seen the world and I think it's really sad that it took these videos of black death black pain for people to open their eyes and see what we already knew um and have known for a long time um, but I really, I'm hopeful and I, I never would have used that word before, mm-hmm. but I do feel hopeful that this change continues to make people evaluate the way they speak, the way they think about things. And I think, you know, just looking at the industry, the wellness industry, the industry that we both work in, I think there's a lot of change that needs to happen and hopefully people are open to that change happening. Yeah. Um, I don't want to go too deeply into diversity and wellness because I feel like it's something that, you know, I, I am sure that you've been on a diversity and wellness panel. I definitely <laughs> have. Um, and I, I would love it if it just stopped being a conversation and just been a thing, just become a thing that people actually do. But I just want to ask you, what are the three things that you think need to be done in the wellness industry um, to make real change? Mm, Yeah. Um, Firstly, before any of the change happens, people need to know why they're actually making the changes. And I think this is the most important thing. I know I've, I've shared a lot of things and I've said a lot of things and, and maybe what I haven't said enough is that before, you know, like having, um, women of color on your podcast is great having more people in teaching and yoga classes is great looking at your teacher trainings and the teachers that are on there the the people that are coming offering them bursaries if they're you know a person of color like all these these things are great but a very 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 <laughs> big but is first of all this list is not exhaustive it is not a checklist and most importantly You can't do all those things without actually doing the education first and understanding why you are doing these things. Hmm. Um, And, you know, that education starts with reading a book. It starts with going to a webinar, but it continues by hiring someone that is trained in diversity and wellness that can continuously, continuously um, help your, your company do that. So it continues by you hiring and paying a person that is an expert in this area that can help you and your company. And I think that's that's what needs to be a continuous thing. The education and the consulting and paying of people that are experts in this area to help you to implement all of the other things that need to be done. I want to shift gears a little bit and go back to talking about the work that you do um, mm. because it's so interesting. I've never... I never actually met a self-love coach before. Hmm. Um, so talk a little bit about how, 
why you decided to go into this particular area of coaching? Mm, yeah, so I was definitely, um, so I did a diploma in, in transformational coaching and I've, I've, I've done lots of other other types of work beforehand um, and I'm a yoga teacher as well um, and as I was trying to get more specific on my niche you know I was like I, I know I want to work with women I know I want to help them transform their lives I know I want to help them feel more empowered um, and as I was wanting to get more specific on my niche I realized the links like all of the women that I'd worked with so far the kind of the link that connected all of them was this feeling of, of worthiness and for them to have what they were truly desiring in their life, whether it was their um, a more successful business, a more nourishing relationship, a lifestyle that they loved, more stability and whatever it was, the, the thing that was often blocking them was how worthy they felt of actually having their desires, how worthy they felt of themselves as they are right now and therefore how worthy they also felt of the things that they were calling into the, to their lives. So that was for me, a, you know, the, the link that I saw and, and lots of the time I see, you know, it's like to have a life that we are really desiring um, and that can look like the external goals of the home, the money, the job, but it can also look like the internal goals of just how you feel. Um, mm. And to have that life, we first need to believe that we're, fully worthy of having that life mm. um so yeah that was that just feels like something I feel personally so so connected to and so passionate about sharing and I just really really love seeing the transformations that women can make when they see and know that they are fully inherently worthy just as they are if someone's listening to this and they they hear what you're saying and they think I I, I don't I realize I don't feel worthy um in various areas of their lives what would your message be to them hmm. so first of all it's okay we don't have to jump from like I hate myself to I love myself overnight you know mm. so almost like almost like the kind of the shadow emotions I was talking about before can you learn to love the you right now that doesn't feel totally worthy can you actually accept that you and welcome in that you? And if you can work on that, that's already like your, that's already working on your self-love. Um, so knowing that it's okay to make tiny incremental steps in self-love to go from like self-hate to kind of just being neutral to go from neutral to like loving yourself a little bit and knowing that that's okay. Like anything, any kind of mindset shift takes, takes time um, but it's finding acceptance along the way. Self-love is not a is not a a destination, and you're there and you're done. Self and for me, it's it's the same. Self-love is something that I practice every single day, every single moment. Life gives me opportunities to <laughs> to love myself more, especially those challenging times, especially mm. when the shadow emotions come up. Because it's easy to love yourself when you're happy, when you're making money, when you're like when you're in a loving relationship, when everything's going well, it's really easy to love yourself then. But it's like, can you find and make space to love yourself when you're not feeling so great, when you're not positive vibes only, you know? Mm -hmm. can, can you start to find some acceptance for you there in those moments? Um, so that's what I say, start where you're at. You don't, mm -hmm. need, to, you don't need to conquer self-love in a day. Start where you're at. 
and a really beautiful affirmation. Like there's so many, but it's like, it's safe for me to be as I am right now. Or I love me as I am right now. Wow. I love me as I am right now. Oh, wow. Chills. I'm getting chills. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so where can listeners get in touch with you? They listen to what they, what you've said. They, they want to know more. How can they find you? Yeah. Um, so, so, so I'm really active on Instagram, which is just my name, savvy.ker. Um, and my website is savvyker.com. <laughs> so on both of Instagram and website, there's information about me, um, about coaching, if anyone's interested in working together. So yeah. Great. So if listeners take one thing away from all of the, insights that you've shared on this show what would you want that to be Hmm, probably the last probably that last affirmation that it's it's safe to love you as you are right now that you don't need to be fixed that you don't need to be changed um that right now as you are you are enough thank you so much for coming on the show Uh, it's just been wonderful speaking to you Thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun. For more inspiring conversations, head over to com, where we have so many more for you to peruse. If you want help with your menstrual or hormone health, email me on hello at eatlovemove.com to set up a free 30-minute hormone health review. If you like today's show, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Tag us, come say hi, and send in your requests for who you'd like to see on the show on Instagram and Twitter on at periodstorypod or email us at hello at periodstorypod.com. I'm Lenise Brothers, and you've been listening to Period Story. Thank you so much for listening.